0: Welcome to a very, very special edition of Mob Talk. This is episode four. It is quickly becoming a very hot item here on our YouTube channel. Daniel, who would have thought, who would have thunk it, that the mob would garner attention (laughs) in more ways than we know this? Oh, my God, it's been a busy week. Dan, how you doing, my friend? The, The happy haberdasher? The smartest man in the room, Dan the man Sebastiano. His so street far, name is uh they call him Mutton Chop Sebastiano. So, <laughs>
1: we're
0: gonna, we're gonna so, talk so a lot far. about these got some names to share with both of you guys tonight.
2: Uh-oh.
0: So Danny, yeah. how you doing, pal?
2: I can't complain. You know, uh any 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 talk like this, always a fun topic, and any any oh, chance I, I get to drop another nickname. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I'm telling you what. It's been a um, it's been a busy week, and I sent you some stuff to look at. We have a returning guest, uh, Nick Christophers is joining us again. Um, he is, uh, and I have to say, Nick, your first appearance garnered a lot of attention. People loved that interview. Everybody thought it's funny, and without even saying anything. Everybody thought that you were some kind of either informant or a guy on huh. the lam because you came across in silhouette. Danny, am I lying?
2: No, no, it, 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 it had that uh, hidden identity look.
0: It surely did. It honestly, and it was completely serendipitous. So, Good. I'll tell i tell you what. Yeah, right. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> Yes, sir. I am going to let you, my friend, do the honors tonight. Why don't you introduce Nick?
2: All right. Well, tonight's guest, uh, Nick Christophers, is an author. For the past 25 years, Nick Christophers has immersed himself in the field of mafia and mob-related writing and authorship, cranking out one bestseller after another. This includes Destinies, Destinies 2, No Honor Among Thieves, Prison Rules, The John Elite Story, Mafia Ties, The Greek Syndicate, and he did a stint as editor of Mob Candy Magazine. Nick Christophers has also received a Literary Achievement Award for exceptional reporting from Radio Octina FM, which is the leader in Greek internet radio. Uh, he was recently featured on the reels tv documentary mafia killers with colin mclaren and that is how we came to discover him how you came to discover him uh, nick christopher is the uh, exceptional author our guest today
0: absolutely nick i want to tell you something you talk about serendipity brother we could not have planned this episode any better who'd have thought that just a few weeks back when we spoke last that we would actually have very topical matters to talk about. It's been—I'm yep. sure you know—you and I spoke earlier. It's been mm-hmm. a very, very busy week. If uh, the you know if the country has been living under a rock for the last four or five days, Philadelphia is all the buzz with, uh, with the with the mafiosa again are uh, are rearing their ugly heads. Fifteen purported mobsters okay. have all been either arrested, charged, or indicted on drugs, racketeering, and extortion, and that's just the top of the list. There's a, it's, a, it's a candy list of, uh, of crimes ranging from racketeering to murder, to extortion, to uh, bribery, you know, bribing federal judges, you name it, it's there. Uh, and these prosecutors, the Philadelphia prosecutors... Little did they realize that the mob was still alive and well in Philadelphia. Uh, as one person said, um, uh, rumors of the mob's demise have been greatly exaggerated. <laughs> so, Nick, uh. you're familiar with some of these players. Uh, I sent you some stuff, Dan. So uh, yes, you sir. have you have a little bit of uh, knowledge now. So let's fill everybody in on, uh, on some of these... Uh, and I and I, This is Dan's favorite part of the show: the names. Here's <laughs> some of the names, and, and I love this. Oh, we always have fun. Dominic, the big one, Grande. Joseph, Joey, Electric, Servido, Salvatore, Sonny, Mazzone, Joseph, Bacala Malone. Louis, Louis, Sheep, Moretta, Victor, Big Vic, DeLuca, Kenneth, Arabia, Daniel, Kazi, Castelli. Carl Chianese, Anthony Tony Meatballs Giaffoli, John Romeo, Daniel Danny Boy Malatesta, Daniel Baccheroni, and John Michael Payne. That is about as American as you want to get on this movesuit. All 15 defendants are due to appear in front of a U.S. district court in Philadelphia. According to documents filed, that will be on January the 8th. One of those individuals actually had a heart attack when served with the papers at his front door. So, needless to say, that I mean, I believe that was, if you remember who that was, Nick, did
1: they say who uh, had the heart attack? I forgot which guy it was. I think it was, it was, uh, it was not Meatballs, it was the other guy, the older gentleman. Uh, 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 Castelli, I think I'm not sure. Oh, which one. Casi, yeah. Casi. The old guys. Like guys oh. Yeah. Daniel. I, I think it young. was.
0: Yep. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Um, so upon hearing of this, uh, you know, cause Dan is a little too young to remember, but us you know, <laughs> older. Oh, our, <clears throat> our age is getting us away. Uh, we remember a time, uh, In Philadelphia slash New York mob lore when this thing happened before Nick and it was right Mm -hmm. at the time when Angelo Bruno was killed and all hell broke loose and just like this the mob indictments came down guys were uh, were taken into custody some flip-flopped on others others kept their mouths shut and did time uh, like stand-up guys And a lot of them uh, went into witness protection, never to be heard from again. Where do we stand with this? Give me your—you have been around these guys a long time, Nick. Give me your educated opinion on this. Where do we go from here? What's going to happen next?
1: Um, Well, well, first we got to find out how it lays out to begin with. To see what sticks, what actually sticks. Uh, they got another boss in the mix, you know, uh, uh, Mazon. Yeah. Uh, um, who's there? Steve. Yeah. Was uh, was pinched. Um, that's going to play out. We'll see what happens because they did shades. As a matter of fact. Um, so we got to see how this is going to how this is going to you know play out. Who goes where? How long? And flips? <laughs> well, yeah, this is a, a waiting game right now. Um, exactly. I think the guy we got to worry about. Him, yeah, I think the guy we got to worry about is, is the youngest kid, Payne. Yeah, he's, like yeah, thirty-four Michael years old. Payne. He's young. Yeah. Oh, so I think we got to look. At him. Yeah. yeah. So now because Payne is, he is young, he's not going to want to sit there.
0: You've been following us a little bit. I gave you some uh some uh, yes, you know uh, educational materials to enlighten you and inform you.
2: Yeah, this so was. So, what, uh,
0: what's your take on it?
2: Well, I, I think this is a you know not just the Philly Inquirer, but NBC, CNN, a lot of the major networks have covered it. I yeah. think the two the two things that most jumped out at me, and we talked about this on the last show, is how recently people have been recruited they were saying they were they were bringing in new made men as early as 2015 or yeah. as, as recently as 2015 which goes against the narrative that they'd stopped recruiting 20 years ago but yeah. the other thing that came out was was their reach because obviously you talk about philadelphia um everybody knows you know the philly and that region but they, they're talking about business dealings as far north as the opposite end of the jersey shore which the apparently is indicated that they were surprised that they still had reach out that far. So I well, think that and, that's,
0: and that is a great segue Dan cuz I want to go right there with Nick. Now Nick, you know, uh, none of these guys do anything <laughs> without the okay or the approval of one of <laughs> the five families in New York.
1: So we just need to
0: be you know, we have to be you know, if we're to be true and honest uh, the New York runs the world in that regard. So, Mm -hmm. and every one of these guys, every one of these 15 guys represents at least one person, at least one member of those five families and several of these guys are are affiliated, you know, with a couple of different families here. Um, So let's talk about how New York is looking at this. Um, give me a a kind of like a bird's eye view of, uh, you know, of what the, you know, the, uh, the higher ups, let's call them for, for lack of a better term, the godfathers, uh, the commission, if you will, uh, they look at something like this and, and, uh, and what is their, where does, where does their head
1: go? Well, I mean, the commission really is, does it function right It hasn't functioned in years, because um, it's what it's happened back in 92 with Gotti. So there is no real, they haven't had any commission meetings ever. Those are done. Right. That's not going to happen again. Um, but you're right that Philly can't really blink without New York knowing about it. That's a fact. Uh, be the Genovese or the Gambino family, that really overlooks. Uh, 'Cause you can go way back to the time of Nikki Scarface. Nicky Scarfle was well connected with John Gotti. Um Absolutely. so that there's like a connection. Uh Jersey. So there's it the, there's the connection, Philly and Jersey with the Genovese crew. Yeah. Um and um Andy, Grandy, those two guys, they're a family tree. Goes, a lot of their own family members are made people that have yeah. had connections with the New York brand. So that's where that connection comes from. Um, now, Nick, in, in is, your is opinion... This is this
0: something I worry about? I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I, I was just going to say, in, in your opinion, you know, this... Um, they, they kind of... They took 15 guys in, uh, and they apparently, mm-hmm. according to the information we're getting this is uh, the culmination of at least a four year probe that they're they're telling us at least four years given that you know i'm you know talking about four years is that's a lot of time to to go unnoticed or to you know to go under the radar how did the feds pull this off for four years without any inkling of it, snitch.
1: There was somebody on the inside. Definitely,
0: okay. that's why the
1: whole thing happened. Because where they they had one guy, had one guy sell them fake drugs and take them out.
0: Yeah, well, that that's what we know first. that. Um, so that we guy are... is. Yeah, we actually were told yesterday that they found out who the snitch is, his name yeah. has not yet been released, but they know who it is, uh, and they're telling, the word is that they're telling people nobody's safe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so that's that's what they're yeah, saying. Got to act on it. Sure. So this is the uh, the tip of the iceberg, Dan. Thirteen yes, guys uh, on top. So, uh, you know, you're the smartest guy in the room. Give me your, um,
2: give me your <laughs> hypothesis here. Oh, I used the big word, hypothesis. <laughs> well, we've touched on before in some of the previous, <clears throat> excuse me, in some of the previous mob talks we've had that there's really no, net that'll catch everything. I mean, they're saying we they brought people in as early as 2015, or excuse me, as recently as 2015. They're talking about they've, they've got somebody on the inside. They're looking at this big group. You, you don't charge 15 big names at the same time without a big case you've been building for a long time, which means odds are there's more charges coming to uh, if not some of these guys getting hit with more somebody else has got to be looking over their shoulder now thinking shit what do they have on me which yeah. i think is going to be the next big story is is who who's next because oh yeah. well as-
0: and that's that's exactly right and that's why i said you know uh, when i was uh, addressing the issue with nick earlier you know this is the tip of the iceberg these are 15 made guys these are like, you know, the creme de la creme of the, the made guys. Or right. what's left of them, anyway. And, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, that that's the thing, Nick. You know, they're they're a dwindling breed. You know?
1: But you got these, well, uh, these old holdouts, the, you know? Well, I think the biggest fear right now, for anybody who's on the street, if you notice the guys that they picked up, are the old guard guys in the '80s, '70s, late '60s? So these guys, um, you take these out of the, take these guys off. You got young turks running around, which don't care and structure and you know, you got a problem there. So uh, I don't know what to expect at this point because there'll be a lot of shifting. Going on.
0: Well, Nick, let me ask you a question: Would would your best guess be that the snitch was probably a younger dude.
1: Yeah. I I would think so. He was okay, trying to you know so, get in, try to get his feet wet. Uh
0: and and Eat so it. what is the benefit to that?
1: Or somebody that already <laughs> Yeah, go ahead Nick, I'm sorry.
0: No no I'm sorry, go ahead. But
1: what would you say? No, what, I was was say what, what? what would
0: be the benefit for a young guy if he's just wanting to get his feet wet and be a part of this thing, you know what's the benefit to him to snitch snitch guys out?
1: What's the what's the mo? Well, it's, it's either either there's only two. It could be one, two things. Uh, either it's a young guy and the you know maybe he got picked up on some defense, you know, dangling in his face and say, "Listen, we can get you." On this, unless you do this, or this guy that's already in, the, in, concerned about his own. Well, okay, maybe I can, you know, maybe he was on the on the, maybe he was um, you know, on the outs with somebody. Yeah, with Mizone or with Gimp Grandy or one of the other guys. Yeah, it's possible. Go ahead, Dan. Well, I, I think it goes
2: to something we talked about in the last episode, is you've got <clears throat> a couple of younger guys. I mean, obviously, John Michael Payne's 34. He's, he's the only one in the group younger than me. But, he, he you know, he, we talked about it, the Internet and expansion and stuff like that. I think it's telling that a group so centered in an old family is willing to bring in guys wow born when some of this stuff started because they probably needed somebody to use the computers to use the phones in a way that some of these guys in their 70s could never do
0: dan thank you for saying that brother because that ties into what we spoke about on the first episode of mob talk the recruiting tools 21st century recruiting right that the mob is using the internet um that's Biggest weapon they have right now is the internet.
2: They can do all their business, it, you know, basically in shadow. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at what we're doing right now. You know, you don't have to coordinate anymore. You could have guys in 10 different cities have a meeting that's virtually untraceable with, with the, and you don't have to have everybody in the same room anymore or on the same tappable phone calls. Yeah.
1: He's got a point, Nick. What do you think? No, it's possible. I'm at, uh, I can't confirm that. It's possible, um, but I understand uh, from people I've spoken to uh, is in Philly, especially they were recruiting guys from Sicily because their their talent pool was, you know, t- lack of a better term, their talent pool was uh, was not there, and uh, they needed yeah. to replenish the ranks. So sometimes when that happens, happens they reach out to sicily and they bring guys in they bring the zips as they call them. yeah <laughs> and you know what nick
0: and we actually addressed that on a previous episode during the 80s um mm-hmm. the gambino family recruited heavily from sicily in fact um rosario gambino and his cousin yeah they, uh, they opened up a Valentino's nightclub in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, uh, as a front for their operation. And all, uh, well, not all, but a lot of Philadelphia money went through that club. We know now because the club is closed and they're all, most of them have been arrested. And those that are, you know, that are still alive or, or long gone. Uh, those that did survive aren't talking. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people uh, were left in the wake of, uh, of bullets and blood during that time. Dan, you remember we talked at length about the, uh, the war that Angelo Bruno's assassination caused right. and how the rise of Nicky Scarfo, God help us all, the rise of Nicky Scarfo <laughs> pretty much brought Philadelphia to his knees. Yes, that's true. So, true. Let's, you You know what, Nick? You know a lot about that, so why don't you elaborate on
1: that? Give, give everybody a history lesson. <laughs> uh, well, you know, he's, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Angelo Bruno, who was called the docile Don, who, for like 30 years, peacefully, he was a very good uh mediator violence that was that's why they called him docile don and uh a couple negro uh wanted angelo out went to new york and asked permission to take out bruno uh which he did the genovese said okay go ahead the chins go ahead what you gotta do no not, not re- Ange- anthony not realizing that he was gonna get double banked so he got double crossed and he got backed also after he killed Bruno, and and like you said, um, Angelo came. I mean, who came in after Angelo was our good boy, Nicky Scarfo, and Nicky Scarfo totally decimated Philadelphia as we know it, because everybody was a, every, he was very paranoid, and uh, oh boy. God knows how many guys he took out just from looking the wrong way, you know. Mm-hmm. So he the structure of Philly, that when Nicky came into power just was you know I could go down the line Philly Testa uh we can go on and on how many guys it just never was a.
0: oh yeah well you know what Nick it was uh Phil Testa his nephew you know Phil Testa's son Sal Testa, I mean, who was yeah. Nicky Scarfo's n- n- nephew um they found him actually not far from where I am right now in uh, New Jersey um Here's a guy, and and Dan, we talked about it before. It's funny, forty two, forty two people in his crew, and twenty six of them he had whacked. Yeah, that's paranoid, brother. That's yeah. a strange. He was a strange dude.
2: I mean, when you when well, you too. start getting into killing more than half your friends, you're you're past the point of cleaning the house.
0: Oh yeah, I mean,
2: you know, I mean, yep. Nick will
0: tell you pretty much. Nicky Scarfo was arguably the most uh, purported godfather, <laughs> you know, uh, Mafia Don, whatever you want to call him, you know, and I don't know a lot of people who ever referred to him as the godfather, but they did call <laughs> Angelo Bruno godfather.
1: Well, that makes sense. You know, the, the, only, the only other guy that's close to what Scarfo did, well... Kind of close, but that's Anthony Gaspipe casso here in New York. Very similar I'm, mentality. Very yeah, we we actually talked
0: about him a little. Nick, you, you're a, you're a guy who knew him a little bit.
1: Well, and, I, know, uh, I know, I know, his uh, his uh, uh, son. Yeah, Both and
0: uh, yeah, and he was a guy that again, arguably. One of the more paranoid, you know, mafia associates you'll ever, ever read about or ever hear about. You know, he would just as soon kill you than look at you. He was just Pretty a, a that was, kind yeah. of guy. <laughs> yes. You, you've been around he, a he lot of these kind me. of guys. No, I was, I was just going to say, you've been around a lot of these kind of guys. What's the mindset, Nick. What's the mind? What makes a guy like if you if we had to call him the perfect mobster, the perfect gangster? What are the qualifications to be like, like the the the, the perfect misfit for that kind of crew?
1: Um, you mean in a good good way or a bad way? <laughs> well, I, and it depends on what you mean by good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, good, good for well, them. I mean, I <laughs> well, I mean, the, uh, I think I think the all time gangster gangster that I think, think that I knew, I knew briefly, I met once or twice, I went to his funeral uh, with John Sonny Francis To me, that guy was hardcore. I didn't get any more than him. The man died. Of, so lived three, gangster died one. Never ratted on nobody. Took his time on, him, never made a complaint. Yeah. One and
0: other. uh, well, so what are your yeah. thoughts uh, uh on Michael Frenchie's? No, no comment. <laughs> I was, thank you because every I've asked that question to, and I <laughs> and I'll tell you no, last. No. Minute, I have asked that exact question. To no less than four mob authors, every one of them said the same thing. But then off the record, I had one who actually said to me, I think he's still connected. I think he's still working. And I think he's still making a shit ton of money. And I
1: believe every bit of that. Uh, I don't know about that one. I just think he's a great manipulator. That's what he is. He's a phenomenal oh, manipulator. Conspiracy. He's a, yeah. a, a I don't believe half the things he said. Well, and that's
0: therein lies. I mean, to, of yeah, and, and that, Nick, therein lies the gist of his credibility. Dan, you want to pick up on the Michael franchise thing? You,
2: you know, it, it's it's funny. Um there's there is uh, for lack of a better term, there's very little to say because Nick Christopher's answer is the generic comment, like, you know, we'll take the narrative. I've got no, no further comment on explanation. I think it creates a neat discussion because there are people out there that think like you, like Angelo, you, like you said that he's still connected, that he might still be running things from behind the scenes, but you're not going to find anybody that really wants to do a deep, deep dive talk on that.
0: Well, and you know, the same thing to be said for Joey Merlino, skinny Joey. There are people who swear and be damned to this day that he's still running Philadelphia from Florida. Oh no, the, are, that he is. that I believe. Yeah, <laughs> and that, let's talk about that, Nick. Yeah. If you think about it, isn't that the most optimum way to do business
1: from afar? Well, I mean Well, look at the guys that got picked up today. Mazzo, Grant. all these guys were tight with getting. Especially Mazone. Mazone, actually, Mazone and, and uh, Lingambi, John Lingambi, and Merlino used to uh, run a softball wreck, uh, wreck. While they were in prison, they ran a wreck softball team together called Gino's Cafe. That, that tells you how tight these guys were. Yeah. So I would, was, Merlino's not, not being a good boy home playing with his uh, dog. You know, he's definitely doing something. No, no doubt of my mind. Yeah, he's not home
0: playing with his dog. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, you have one of the foremost mob authors in the country. Go ahead and ask away, my friend. Ask away.
2: Well, I mean, we've got a uh, hell of a topic in front of us with these gentlemen being arrested. I'm, I'm curious. And we talked about it last time with the accuracy of Hollywood's portrayal, or excuse, Hollywood's portrayal of the mafia. Two of the movies that often come up as being the most accurate when it comes to mob is Donnie Brasco and Goodfellas. Well, if this, ah, you know, ah. I, I'm, I'm, it's not universal. <laughs> I'm just saying that that tends to be the ones that come up. Um, <laughs> I, I'm curious if this turns out. This story broke because of an inside man. How soon before we see the Philly mob movie, the Philly mob story? Because usually, usually the the mob story, uh, people, Whitey Bulger, the mob stories Hollywood loves going Daniel, at all snitches.
0: Daniel, the prosecutors are working on the script
1: as we speak.
2: <laughs> there you go. Probably. Well,
1: and it's actually, it's funny Dan says that. It's funny you say that because there's never really been a flick about Billy Croke, not that I know of. Yeah, that's a fair Absolutely. point.
0: You're well, absolutely right, Nick. Sure. That's that's factual. It's true. Well,
2: let me let me ask you something. Philly, Jersey, that that region has been one of the hotbeds for organized crime since the beginning. But yeah. every time you see you see talk of the mob, people talk about Chicago. They talk about New York. They talk. What is it about that Philly, Jersey region that kind of flies under the radar despite its its rampant activity?
0: I can answer. Uh, no. I'm going to let you answer it first, Nick, and then I'm going to give you the
1: Italian answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well if, if if you remember, Angelo, the New York guys. If you remember watching this, if, this is a good, a good, a good example. Of the sopranos. I know it's fiction, but if you remember the Sopranos, they had no respect for the New Jersey guys. And it's true. They never sure, looked at like New Jersey was at the, co- the co- Yep. They never respected them. They never had any, a bunch of hillbillies. Yeah. And the, but they didn't realize that the New Jersey crew were pretty crazy. They weren't, you know, some you just brush away. So this, I think the Sopranos gave us the best viewpoint of how New Jersey was tougher than the New York guys even thought. Same goes for Philly. Same idea. They just never got the respect. Here's
0: here's my take on that. I I have I have mixed I have mixed feelings on the whole accuracy of the Sopranos. Um, and for that matter, Donnie Brasco, or Goodfellas, or The Godfather, or any of those. I've got I've got you know uh, um pretty differing views. Uh, on that sort of pop culture image of the mob. But I will say this. Whenever they wanted dirty work done in Philly, they came to Jersey to look for somebody to do it. So that ties into uh, what Nick, that, that Nick Christopher is getting at. Um, they would always find somebody here to take the money, to keep their mouth shut, And never say a word. And there were plenty of guys back in the 80s and 70s, 80s, and even into the 90s that would do that. Um, Who had no conscience, who didn't care, who had nothing else going for them uh, other than this one-off payday. Uh, Sometimes they were able to parlay it into something beneficial. But most of the time, you never saw these guys again. But the why Philadelphia and New Jersey flew underneath the radar for so long is one word, Dan, community. They're very, very tight. It's kind of like, you know, if the cops uh, are asking around and they want to know this and they want to know that, I see nothing, I didn't hear nothing, I don't know nothing. <laughs> yeah. They they all kept it. It was called the Code of Amerta. They all kept quiet. So and now well, I, Nick, yeah. what do you think? As my well, I'm, I'm is my assessment? I'm going to
1: Is <laughs> my assessment accurate? Well, it's not bad. It's not bad. That is pretty cute. But I, I'll tell you what. Uh, Thank uh, you. What man. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat you're, somewhat correct, correct because Court of America was pretty you know general for everybody. But the difference between Philly Jersey, and New York in New York you have too much drama. You have five families. So one is trying to outdo the other or whatever. There's a lot of drama going on. In Jersey, you only have one mom family, the Cavacante. that's it. Yeah. In Philly, you only have the Philly crew. That's it. There wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of like uh, uh one, one, the other family, nothing, nothing going on. So that's right where there was, yeah. they were very tight because they only were close. You know, not saying the other, when you talk about getting guys from Jersey to do some, do some to whack somebody out, for example, the good, a, a good example would be when they tried to kill John Gotti, who'd they go yeah. to? They went to Jersey to go. To get Bobby Manor. Bobby Manor yeah. was a Jersey guy. To take, to take out John. It never happened, of course. Right, sure. But that's who they reached out to. Nobody in New York. They reached out to a guy in Jersey. So that, your, what you were saying before, kind of ties in.
0: Yeah. Um, Dan, let's, uh, yes, you and I have had, on previous episodes, the uh, conversations about the influence and power structure. Of the New York mob. Yes, sir. Um, Have that conversation with Nick. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear your your take on this, Nick. I want you and Dan to have that conversation. I want to stay out of this one for a minute because Dan already knows how, how I feel about it. Um, and I, as usual, I'm probably wrong because Dan's the smartest guy in the room and he'll tell you. Cause he, I'm contractually obligated <laughs> to tell
2: him. He's the smartest guy in the room.
0: But no, go ahead, Dan. You and you and Nick have that have that power structure.
2: Well, you know, it's it's funny. It's actually a great segue because Nick, you mentioned the 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 Jersey and Philly only having the one family. Something in New York is it's very. We talked about this before. Is that it's almost regional there are several groups that exist simultaneously and you have to kind of have a a a like like angelo said you have a power structure where but you also have to have kind of a different pyramids of uh, sorts where you don't have just one guy in charge of one guy in charge of one guy because you have to have more more liaisons you have to have more foot soldiers you have to have more people on the side and i'm wondering if such an organization, especially we touched on Angelo uh, before with New York being will, being one of the first groups, that some of the New York families, to reach out to non- Mob organizations working with local black gangs, the working with local Irish gangs. Exactly. That
0: that's what I was. That's exactly what I was getting at, Daniel. Go ahead. Go. And
2: and I was wondering, it, it, Nick, if you had a thought on that because that's something that uh, other than what Angelo touched on is is maybe going across the river to Jersey to get some some dirty hands. You you'd never hear of the the one of the Philly family. Letting the blood smuggle in in something they were buying, or having the having a local Irish gang escort a shipment. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that, as far as as the fact that certain organizations have been more successful because they've been willing to breach. Excuse me, branch out.
1: Well, it's it's interesting and bringing up Dan because um, this hasn't this wasn't. If you remember back in the early 80s. Yeah, early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, Paul Castellano used to um, uh, hire uh, a crew of Irish guys called the Westies, which yeah. was Jimmy Coonan, Mickey Feathers, all those guys in that area. Eddie yeah. Maloney, all them. He used to get those guys to do some of his dirty work, and he used to hire them to do things. So that's getting guys from the outside is really new. Um, they don't do it very often. But it's nothing nothing. But what's happening now that you mentioned about the blacks, you know, the bloods, the cribs or things, whoever they're using, um, that is a bad sign because that shows that the uh, talent pool is is leaking. There is no talent pool. In other words, they don't got real shooters anymore. They don't have guys that are gonna go out and they gotta go to the reach out to black gangs gangsters to go do their dirty work, which doesn't look very good. That makes them look pretty bad, actually. So, in other words, they're missing. They don't, don't have those tough guys anymore that are going to go out and walk up to some guy and just shoot him in the restaurant. You know, these days are kind of like going to the.
2: about bringing in the, <laughs> uh, the Bloods and the Latin Kings and those groups.
0: Right. He said the Bloods and the Crypt, uh, So, you
2: guys are going to hear Kings. that part. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I thought you said the the Bloods and the and the Kings. I you said the Bloods and the Crips. My mistake. The Crips, yeah. No,
1: I, I, I didn't. But I didn't. I, I didn't mention. I didn't say that. Um, oh, so you missed that whole part.
2: <laughs> well, that, that's right when you're right when your sound cut out. Yeah, it
0: was, it cut right. It cut out right oh, after you said Bloods and Crips.
1: Oh no. Okay. All right. Well, I'll backtrack. Did I did I talk? Did you guys get the to hear the part where I talked about the Irish that like Paul Castellano used to use? Yeah, the the Irish crew, yeah. the Westies, yeah. Did you get that part? You okay. got all that, yeah. Yes, okay. Alright. Well, the, the, what I was trying to say, what I said earlier was the the moment the mob guys start to hire black gang, and kings, or anybody like that to do their dirty work, there's something wrong. That means that not, you would think that trying to distance themselves, but from, from implicated, which is total bullshit. Yeah, you back a you back a, a wise guy. Why would they? Guy... So it's obviously going to be them. So mm-hmm. the reason why this is happening is because there's lack of tough guys. The talent pool's not there. Nobody's this, willing to go. No, you know. Let
0: me, Let me tie into that, Nick, because we had an interesting conversation. Dan and I, the last, last, uh, I think, episode two of Mob Talk, we had a really interesting uh, conversation about how social media and television and movies are being used. And and Dan, tell me if I'm full of shit here, because this is the truth. If you're going to shit yourself, I'm going to tell you. They're using social media... Television and the movies to recruit mob guys, and I can't even make this shit up go ahead dan
2: no you're you're absolutely right. several stories that have come out in the last 10 fifteen years or so have have covered uh, the rise of social media with Twitter feeds and Facebook groups as well as distribution of movies like. Goodfellas and The Godfather saying, Hey, kids, you know, kids being a relative term, guys in their thirties, uh, this is what, what the mob's like. And you get guys that that kind of offer themselves up or seek out different organized crime groups because Dan, they, they, they watch it, they watch the Sopranos and they think they think that's I cool. I want to be part this, of that.
0: Tell Nick, tell Nick, and on Nick, I want Dan to tell you because if it comes from me, you're gonna think it's bullshit. But Dan's got a trustworthy face. So <laughs> there and I'm not even Dan you got to tell Nick about how these people think that the Sopranos was a recruiting tool for the Jersey Philadelphia New York mob go ahead
2: yeah no Angela's absolutely right that's come up before where especially as its popularity raised and you started seeing books and video game spin-offs and things like that there was a narrative that that the focus of the Sopranos was being targeted towards younger guys guys under the age of 40 hey look at how cool how fun how great being an organized crime guy is and and these these kids and again I use that that term loosely we're watching shows like the sopranos and seeking out guys they knew from the local bars and and the organ areas like that that may have had a tie or two offering themselves up, hey, what do you need me to do? How do I get in? I saw this show, I saw this movie that I want in, and people are joining thinking, let's let's do it. Let's let's be the good fellas. Let's be the Sopranos. Whether that's true or not, that was that was very successful.
0: Can't make
1: this shit up, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't make it up. I mean it's hard to, it's hard to believe. But maybe possible I I didn't didn't hear anything like that, but I didn't want to join because I've been there already. I saw what it's like and was not interested. Uh, But if possible, some guys might might have, you know, but um, no, I guess it's still the there hasn't been there since since the early 90s.
2: Um, right.
1: that's why they started bringing guys in uh then uh, for example the Camora the Negrata the yeah. uh, these other organizations are actually a lot bigger and a lot more more international than the you know traditional mob right just like we're talking about uh, the Cosa Nostra um,
0: it's, it's those organizations interesting are a lot you bigger. Say that.
1: It's really interesting
0: you say that and I'll, I'll let you continue in a second But I'm reminded, Mm -hmm. as you're talking about the international level, let's talk about Japan for a second. They have, believe it or not, the mafia, for lack of a better word, in Japan, they call the Yakuza.
1: Yakuza.
0: They are respected. They're not feared. They're respected. And the Yakuza is part of their culture. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine right. something like that
1: here? No, <laughs> that's you scary. Know why? <laughs> because it might actually work. <laughs> well, yeah, well, possibly. I mean, the Yakuza are a very powerful organization that's been around for centuries. Yeah. And it just wasn't like the right. mob. Uh, they basically derived their tradition, right? So it's that's how that whole thing kind of created. Uh, crazy got a bunch of guys, uh, very yeah. powerful, but they they seem to be more powerful on the, in their own uh, surroundings, so to speak. Uh, same yeah. thing with the Chinese triads, which oh, are yeah, sure. try to they try to get a foothold here in America. Uh, they're they're powerful, but not nowhere near. The level of the traditional nobody's gonna be near the traditional mob in America. Nobody, not one yeah. of the organization. Because the traditional mob was so good at controlling politics yeah. that no
0: other group could do that. Yeah. Nick, let's ask you a question about and this is kind of a yeah, was, kind of a, a a bizarre question, but you know, as bizarre as it may sound, I'm sure that you have a plausible answer for it. Have you known of, or has there ever been a recorded event of a guy being indoctrinated into the mob and deciding he no longer wants that lifestyle and been able to just walk away? Has it ever happened that you know
1: of? No well, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> there's one guy, it's funny, there's one guy, it's funny you say that, his name was, not, to Joe, but not to be the Joe, but his name is Joe, right, and yeah. going back, I think, maybe the late 80s, I think, and and he decided to flip, and yep. he decided to flip, not because he had an indictment or anything, he just did, he did exactly what you said, Angelo, you know what, I don't want to be part of this anymore. And he flipped, and he became an FBI informant. That's he wasn't exactly. in his life very long. Well, it's But similar me to how, what you said. Yeah,
0: well, it scares me how, you know, you think, and uh, uh, because I knew you had an answer for it. See, I knew of that story. Um, I knew of that story very well, in fact. And I knew the end result of it, um, which is proof positive that Nick Christopher knows his shit, by God. So, Daniel.
2: <laughs> yes, sir.
0: While you're laughing underneath your mutton chops, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and talk to Nick about your favorite subject, the mob and the movies. Let's talk <laughs> about the accuracy of some of these films we've watched.
2: Well, if if I may start with that, Nick, when I was mentioning uh, earlier, I talked to Recruitment, I said one of the films that has been brought up on our show before from other authors that is often revered as being accurate as Donnie Brasco, you, you laughed and kind of shook your head, and I was wondering what it, what it is about mm-hmm. that, what's your opinion on the fact that you don't consider that accurate? I've always heard the opposite.
1: Well, I mean, accurate, you mean accurate in
2: how the life
1: is, or accurate in what actually happened?
2: Uh, well, actually, a combination of both, but more accurate in its portrayal of the actual mob.
1: Oh, okay. No, yes, that I would agree. Don- Donnie Brasco is pretty much on point of what it's like, how crazy it is, how lethal it is, how treacherous it is. Yes, I w- would agree with that. Uh, what, historic? completely wrong, from the beginning to the end, almost. Really? Yeah. Accurate, the the life it really is like, but I, but the way it is, the what was actually did happen, and what was shown on the on the screen,
2: Mm -hmm. is not the same. You know, it's funny. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you you what happened. (laughs) Well, it's funny you describe it that way because that's often one of the, for lack of a better word, criticisms leveled at the movie Goodfellas is that it's a phenomenal portrayal of what the mob is really like, but the story itself is entirely fictional.
1: Correct. That's, mm-hmm. correct. That's also true. So, c- Fishman. Same goes for Casino. All, uh, oh, uh, Casino per was per be- horrible. <laughs>
0: just, can we just call the spade a spade? Okay. Casino was fucking god awful. It was horrible. <laughs> that, that was no more accurate than Dan the man being the smartest man. <laughs>
2: hey now. Hey now.
0: Uh, well, but it was, it was, it was not, it was not, uh, it was, you know what it was? It was a fairy tale. It wasn't a mob movie. It was, um, it was a great crime thriller, but it wasn't a mafia movie. I could tell you that. Um, cause that's just not how things are done. It's just, it's, I'm sorry, but it's not, that's not how things are done. Um, The characters were over the top. (laughs) The storyline and plot was over the top. They needed to bring it down. If they had brought it down a little bit to an even level, it might have reflected some accuracy because despite what people think, the mob is not all that dramatic, Nick, and you know that. It's, it's, It's actually, quite frankly, quite mundane, you know? Um, once in a while you'll want, you'll have a, a crew of five or six fat guys sitting around a round table, chomping on a cigar or two, um, talking about, you know, how to do business and what's next and blah, blah, blah. But that's rare. You know, the, uh, the suit and tie gangsters are gone. They're t-shirt and jeans now. And the real <laughs> gangsters are carrying briefcases and fountain pens.
2: I mean, <laughs> you
0: know. But uh, uh, the- I don't know about that. But okay. Sorry to slow your roll, no, Daniel. No, you're
2: but- you're all right. I'm, I'm gonna partially disagree with you on casino though. If there's one thing, any any time you have a movie about the mafia that has Joe Pesci in it, it's automatically good. So just saying the uh, well, to tell you <laughs> What what's what's that Nick?
1: Well Dan, Dan I, I love Joe Pesci too. Don't get me wrong. I'm a Joe Pesci mm-hmm. fan. But Dan, Joe Pesci um actually in the movie he played Tony Spilotro pretty good. Because that's what he was like. He was mm-hmm. a freaking off the off the wall. Crazy <laughs> murderous <laughs> prick. Forget about it. But when he played Tommy D in Goodfellas, first of all, Tommy D didn't look anything like him. Tommy D was not a good looking guy. He had a mesh. And he was six foot tall. Joe Pesci's a midget. I mean,
0: what a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nick, you know what? Let's talk about that a second. Because my information that came directly from the source said that Joe Pesci's character in that film was directly based off of Nicky Scarfo. For, for Goodfellas? For Goodfellas. They said that the, the, the characterization, his personality, his behavior was all based off of
1: Nicky Scarfo. Well, I don't know. So what happened to Tommy D? <laughs> well no, I'm not I'm not disputing That was the case.
0: No, I'm not disputing that the character was based on Tommy D. That we know factually. But they're telling me that the the personality, the character quirks, oh, um, okay. the, the the hot-temperedness, the the short stature that he was chosen Wait, for you know that what? specifically because he. and even if you looked at the the movie, he kind of Favored Nicky Scarfo, you know, because let's be honest about it, Scarfo was a midget, you know, <laughs> he was he was he was a little, but you could never call oh, yeah. him little Nicky to his face, can kid you,
1: yeah. Uh, well, Nicky had a uh, a, what do you call a uh, uh, Napoleon complex? Oh mm. boy, did he, <laughs> first of all, um, yeah, yeah, um, you just something, and I, I freaking. I wanted to say something, but you touched upon something. Okay, there's a movie that came out, I don't know if you guys know about it, and it was about Sal Polisi who was with the Gambinos, and there was a place called the Sinatra Club that all guys from all different families used to go and hang out. Guys from the K, whatever. And in this movie, there's a guy who plays Tommy D, and he, I can I forgot the actor's name, but man, he played it to a T. You got to check out this movie because it's very. This one was pretty accurate, and it has a guy playing John Gotti, but a younger version of Gotti, beginning to do hijackings when he wasn't that big yet. It was pretty good, actually. Interesting, interesting stuff. Hmm. Did
0: well, you that see? Definitely yeah, uh, Nick, did you see the the Gotti film that John
1: Travolta did? Uh, Yeah, yeah, my dog did a better movie. Suck. (laughs) Uh,
0: Thank you. The only thing I can say is they had him looking pretty good, but that was it. They had him looking like Gotti, but that was it. Yeah. That's where A little bit. Yeah, well, they made sure that he had the right clothes, that's for sure. (laughs) That's for sure.
1: I mean, look, I, I, I respect Travolta. I like some of his work in the past, I know he tried hard. I know he was trying, yeah. but it just didn't. Yeah,
0: so, I mean, you've got to have a certain kind of, you know, inner attitude to pull off the part like that. Like, you either have it or you don't. Um, Dan. Yes, sir. Let's talk about... <laughs> Bad casting in good movies.
2: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Oh, we can go
0: on that one.
2: Uh-oh. Go ahead, Daniel. Well, I mean, uh, you know, me. I'm, I like I mentioned any anything Joe Pesci's in. I think if you're talking uh, bad casting in movies, especially if you're looking at the mafia, you have to talk about Godfather Three and just some of oh, the Jesus. the very questionable choices. You. You thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Nick, he went Dan went exactly where I wanted him to go. Yeah. He went exactly where because that's the quintessential film of bad acting, bad actors cast in a good movie.
2: And it's it's a shame because her career has developed something so to become so well and and respected but sophia coppola's appearance in godfather 3 is often considered one of the worst roles in in film not just mafia history film history in period. film history yeah what she's
0: singularly one of the worst film actresses i've ever seen
1: yeah but i love her oh, yeah <laughs> But well, that was because her father was directing it, so she got the part. That's us just be real. That, it's yeah, nepotism that, in that's a big ex- way. <laughs> that's um, exactly right. Uh,
0: that's exactly right. Well, Nick, I'll tell you what, brother, you. I gotta have you back for <laughs> another episode. You know, I I like to bring Nick back every it. month if we could. You know, we might do that. We <laughs> might just. I like. Being I might just... I like, like talking like, with Dan. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I'd like, uh, like to bring uh, Nick on and have him host Mob Talk. That would be a great idea. We'll talk about it. That'd be exciting. Good That'd stuff. be exciting. So, you know, look, I'd give you... Uh, well, i give you Dan, the man, Sebastiano over here, you know? Allegedly the smartest guy in the room. He asked a good question. i, I I smarten him up, you know, I educate this kid. Look, I've, I cultivated this little bastard. Look at him. <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> yes, sir. We are up on the hour. It's been a fast show tonight, brother. Let's have a word from our sponsor, and we'll say goodnight to Nick.
2: All righty. Well, uh... We talked a lot tonight with the mob and some of the, the jokes and, and the comments we've made. And the uh, something that comes up a lot with the mob is whacking and your boys. And uh, with our sponsor, you can whack your own boys. And that's our sponsor is Manscaped.com. I specifically use that word because their new product is the Weed Whacker, which is a uh, phenomenal ear, nose, hair trimmer. As an Italian, I, I need one of those to survive. Uh, they're Obviously, their, their prime package is the Lawn <laughs> 3.0 which is a a wonderful shaver. It comes in a package including a deodorizer, a refreshing spray, uh, some wipes. It comes in a nice leather bag, free shipping. You can use promo code WRESTLINGFUTURE at manscaped.com for 20% off. That is manscaped.com, promo code WRESTLINGFUTURE, manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And so will we. And
0: we will thank Nick Christopher for being with us yet again. Nick, I got to have you back, brother. You are just too uh, damn good of a guest. You, you are really a, a great guest to have. We love having you here. And the subject matter, let's be honest about it. The subject matter is endless. You could go on and on with this kind of stuff. Holy right. shit. You know. Yeah, for- yeah, no, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just saying. say, forget it. You're right. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, you know, it's a but, you know, here's a question. I'll give you one last, one last parting question before we leave. Why are we enamored by these, these modern day Robin Hoods, these these mob guys?
1: Because we all wish we were one.
0: Interesting. To the point. To the point, Dan the man.
2: Can't argue with that logic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, we are at the end of another one. Nick Christopher's will be back. I guarantee it. If I got to go to New York and hog tie his ass, he'll be back. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, for Dan the Man and for Nick Christopher's, I am Angelo DeScipio. Thanks for joining us. Remember, we are always wrestling with the future. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody, and happy wrestling.
1: Bye-bye. Good night, guys.